Hello and welcome to Wednesday's Wednesday, Wednesday's edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. My name is Andy Warren and I'm joined by Mike Bacon and Ross Halls. And we've got a fair a fair bit to talk about because um, we haven't done one of these like this for, for a little while for ver- various reasons. We, we, we didn't bring you kind of a regular podcast last Thursday because we were busy in Manchester not winning, um, spoiler alert, sorry, uh, not winning the award that we were up there for. But we had a, a, a jolly nice time and I'm sure we'll talk about that when, when Mark and Stu are back next week. And then on Monday, we had a chat with Mark Ashton, the Ipswich Town CEO, about all kinds of things which you can go back and listen to now. There's plenty of interest in there. But as a result, we haven't brought you a podcast like this for a little while. So uh, we're going to do one today on the back of... Um, an exit from the Papa John's Trophy, sadly. Um, before we also look ahead to the weekend's FA Cup clash with Buxton at Portman Road, we'll bring you uh, a good chat with uh, Buxton assistant manager and former Ipswich midfielder Tommy Miller as part of that later on in this podcast. But there was also a pretty decent victory over Exeter in there to discuss as well. So Mike and Ross, um, let's chat. Let's chat. I, I, I yep. couldn't agree more. Let's chat. What should we chat about? Let's start with that extra game, Andrew. I'm going to call you Andrew when we go on the more serious points, which this is a serious point, Andrew. Um, and I would like to say I didn't go to Exeter because I was still recovering from Manchester, but more on that later. Well, not on this pod, not on another one. Um, but you were there, Andrew. I, I liked that extra before. I was... I was slightly concerned going to the Exeter match, to be perfectly honest. I don't know why. I, I think it's because I saw them play Plymouth. I thought they played quite well against Plymouth. I thought they played very well. But they were leading twice. And I was a bit worried about. But, wow, that was quite competent and confident, wasn't it, Andy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrew, please. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, it's been a bit of a bit of a, a roller coaster of Ipswich emotions and performances, um, hasn't it, over the last few days. Exeter. Um, we'll talk about briefly now was just characterized by comfort and, and control and, and dominance and, and being clinical. And then if you kind of flash forward to the second half of last night's game in the, in the Papa John's trophy, two 0 lost to Portsmouth. It was, it was kind of, kind of anything but that wasn't it? Um, obviously there are reasons for that. Um, but yeah, it's been a, been a funny few days for Ipswich town, but ultimately, um, Ultimately, the most important thing was getting that win at Exeter, wasn't it? And, and we're sitting here on Wednesday and they've got three more points in the bag in League One and out of the Papa John's Trophy. But but all of that all of that kind of feeds into making sure that this League One promotion pushes everything that it that it needs to be. I think I think the thing is that if you flipped it the other way around and said they lost Exeter but beat Portsmouth, that wouldn't be sad. We wouldn't be particularly happy about that. It, we might be, well, we might be a little bit, but that would feel that if we'd lost Exeter. But I think the word you're looking for for that second half performance against Portsmouth is frenetic. It's a word I used in my report, which I couldn't spell. And I had to Google frenetic to see how to spell it, which I spelled it correctly. Um, thankfully, uh, Ross, you'll be pleased to know. And um, it was, yeah, it was fine. We're dotting about from Exeter to Portsmouth here, but you're right, Andy. It's, it's, a couple, it's been a strange few days. Um yeah, I, 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 am I glad we're out of the Papa John's? I, I, I think, I think on reflection, I probably am. I don't, I don't know why. I, I suppose seeing Harness limp off didn't really fill me with much joy that we need any more fixtures at the moment. Um, um, did I want to go to Wembley? Yes, I did want to go to Wembley. Would I rather get promoted? Yes, rather get promoted. It's, it's, it's a weird feeling, Roscoe, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's been a crazy few days, you know, traveling to Exeter, Devon, that's a long way to go. And, you know, you don't ever want to go there and not play well. And the boys played well, you know, 2-0 win, live on Sky, and you know, an early kickoff. And then going into the Papa John's Trophy game, yeah, I think... Once again, I was pleased with the the strength of the squad because we go in these competitions and we always think, oh, are they going to drop players? And of course, we're, we're stretched now. The squad is stretched. I thought it could be more maybe kids played, but McKenna went strong. Sam Morsey started. Um, Patrick John's Trophy, if you ask me, do I care about it? To an extent, I do because there's a, a prize go to Wembley for the fourth year in a row in this competition. We've, we're knocked out early doors. You know, we, we were three wins away, weren't we, to go to Wembley and... Um, we're knocked out in the last 32. So disappointing. But as we all know, priority is promotion. We don't want to be in League One for five seasons, do we? Well, I think everybody would would has the perspective that you kind of you want, I think, after after this defeat. But if you ask me if I'm glad they're out of it, absolutely not. I'm not glad that they're out of it. Do I think it's a bad thing that they're out of it? No. And that's a bit of a funny funny place to be because I am disappointed they're out of it because the prospect of of Ipswich at Wembley was really real um, in that competition, I think, um, particularly given the way that they started last night's game. And we'll get onto that in a minute. But but um, but is it a bad thing that they're out of it? Not not really. It's a, it's a, I know that both of those things are a little bit contradictory, but they're, they're not, I don't think. I, because I can see where the arguments are. Look, I think Kieran McKenna was bringing up the subject of a of a free midweek. Now they've got between games with Peterborough and Wickham, and when you when you hear those two teams and the fact that Town will have a free midweek going into that um, for two big League One games, that that is it. That is a good thing, isn't it? Kieran was trying in the press conference, wasn't he, Andy, to sort of try and play down. He was or try and play up the fact he was quite disappointed. But I half sort of read his face that he. You know, for the fans and etc. who turned up and want, of course, he's disappointed. But over, yeah, you're right. He did mention that Peter. He, he he immediately knew where the next fixture would have been, which was I thought I thought was quite impressive from the older for, to, to know what your next when that's going to fixture is going to slot in. And you're right, Peterborough and Wickham with a Papa John's trophy match in between. What earth would you do? Would you play Morsey mm. then? You know, um, yeah. So you're right. I'm, such such mixed feelings. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like he also after the game was we haven't talked about the nuts and bolts of the game yet, but but skipping to kind of after after the game, he's he's talking about how the group stage was useful to him because it allowed him to give players game time when the squad was full and congested and players needed minutes. So I I think it's I, I get the impression they kind of look at this tournament as what what can it do for us? What can it do for us? What rather than a where it can get us. And, and he also said that he feels like it's probably the right time to have bowed out of it. And I, I can certainly can certainly see that that argument, definitely. Mm. Where would you be, Ross? I feel, you know, a lot of fans have already said about, you know, we've had injuries in this competition, haven't we? You know, Luco in long term, now Harness. Um, but, you know, you don't, you know, you could expect injuries at any game, you know, any competition, um, you know, losing against the Pompey side, you know, we've, we've shown we can beat them. They were had a mixed team, didn't they? And, you know, Danny Cowley, of course, who would have loved that win. I'm sure he would have to knock us out. But then it's a distraction maybe for them, Pompey, but they're not, you know, in our spear in terms of the top three. Um, 
but I'm on with Andy. I, I I thought of you, Andy. By the way, I thought of you when we when we got knocked out. I looked up at the press box when he's up there writing his report, writing whatever, and thinking another year out of this competition. No pizza on the show again. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, well hopefully, hopefully it's more than just another year out of this competition. Hope, hopefully that's it. Mm, and yes. and the hope is from this point that they never kick another ball in the in the Papa John's or whatever it's yes. going to be called, whatever it's going to be called next year, because the, the goal is the championship and that's um that's where they want to be. And if you're in the championship, you don't you don't have to play in this unless you start getting to the level where you're entering a, uh, an under 21 team into it. Um, which ultimately, actually, the next time it Ipswich kick a ball in it, hopefully it is an under twenty one team because that that will prove that they've gone gone some way there. But but what about the game itself, Mike? It was it it was an, another odd one because uh, one of the Portsmouth reporters came up to me at, at half time and, and described it as a nil nil battering. Mm. Uh, but Ipswich were one nil down at half time um, <laughs> of a half that they that they absolutely dominated for long spells of it. It was. It was bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah, you were one nil down half time and not really working out how. I mean, the couple of chances they had in the first twenty minutes. There, Greg, Lee, I mean, Greg Lee must have been five yards out with a free header. With that, that was a beautiful. Was it Morsey? I think floated across him. Was it? It was a beautiful to back to. Thought Greg Lee did very well actually. I mean, bear in mind that guy hasn't played since was it September? He hasn't mm. played for a couple of months. I thought he did really well. I mean, and that was what an opportunity that was after only what two minutes. I mean, I'd, I'd hardly. I'm not being funny, Andy. I'd hardly. I'd hardly put down a cup of coffee to start writing my, you know, my first few words. And there's Greg Lee. I'm thinking, gosh, I'm going to have to put goal straight away. Because it looked all ends up. He just had to score. And then, um, um, yeah, another ch- Kamara had a chance as well. Another header. Again, that was about, about five yards out as well. These two, mm. I mean, these are two wonderful chances. They're not just, they weren't shots from 25 yards. I mean, these were great chances. And if one of those had gone in... I reckon it should have won, to be honest. I, I'll say that now. I think if one of those had gone in, if just gone, you know, not obviously both had gone in, we certainly were a bit, even if one had gone in, I think Town would have gone on to win that game. Um, they played some nice football at times. They looked okay. They're knocking it about. They're stretching it from one side of the pitch to the other. Everything looked quite quite okay, didn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. And that, like Ross said earlier, I think that, that was because of the, the strength of the team. If you look through the, the spine of it, they went back to the back three. So, that's that little bit more kind of, I guess, more solid with with Wolfenden, Keogh and Edmondson, three very much first team calibre um, centre-backs. Then Morsi, as Ross has already said, um, that his first trophy minutes of the season in midfield and any midfield that's got Sam Morsi in it is going to be very, very good. I thought he was immaculate again for the first 45 minutes at least of that game alongside Cameron Humphreys, who had another good game despite having his name on the back of his shirt spelt wrong. Anybody notice that? No, I didn't, Andy. Did you notice it, Ross? No, I didn't. No. no. Yeah, Ooh. the second the second H was left out. So whoever gets hold of that is a that's a collect a collector's item. The uh, from from such a big big night in Ips- Ipswich Town's history. Um, but that's a solid spine of the team, and it allowed them to look solid, dominate it for long long spells of it. But once they conceded, and maybe we'll talk about the goal they conceded now, it was pretty pretty horrible one, really. But once they conceded, did you did you ever really feel there was going to be a way, a way to score a goal in this game because it didn't. It didn't feel like that to me. I think when Harness went off, we lost a little bit. I mean, I don't know what one minute he went off. You know, it was about half an hour, twenty five minutes. Twenty five. Yeah, I think that that knocked the stuffing a little bit because he'd started quite brightly. Harness, he, he'd been sort of he'd, he'd buzzed. Well, the whole team started brightly, but he'd been buzzing around quite nicely. 
And um, and you're right, Andy. Did after that after that point? Well, did after that point? Did we really create any? I mean, we can go right to the end of the game and talk about the Burns penalty, but we can save that a bit later. But I mean, you know, did we really batter them particularly after that? Not not particularly. Did we had a lot of possession, but not a lot of clear cut chances. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't feel we were going to get back into the game. Um, and Pompey, they, they know they knew their job. You know, I'm sure County mm. at halftime went. Let's just you know keep this lead. If we get a goal, it'll be a bonus a second goal. Um, but just yeah, there was no one out there that I felt oh they could, they're gonna have a moment here. You know, Cameron Humphreys, I think was probably player of the match for us. We had a really good game once again. And then as you mentioned earlier, Greg Lee, his first game back, he he played about an hour, I think, didn't he? And um, I thought he had a good game. Um, but yeah, I just didn't see. I think the only time I thought we were going to score is maybe from a set piece, maybe. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, you know, chances that, that way for us. But yeah, just one of those games where we just needed somebody. In, like when Wes Burns came on, we needed him to, you know, sort of show some magic. But he was a bit wasteful with his chances as well, with his crosses. But uh, but yeah, just, yeah, disappointing game all around. I think any any game where you end up with a centre back up front, which which Cameron Burgess was at the end, I, that's never a great sign of 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 how a night's night's gone. I, I feel sorry for for Caden Jackson in in many ways because he always puts the effort in, but he's the kind of player that he has to be kind of used and fed in a certain way. And and Ipswich weren't able to do that last night. They couldn't get him in behind. They couldn't get him running. And I, and I. I think there's definitely a reason to suggest that actually he he's a better option as a wide player mm. for for Ipswich, Ipswich these days. But looking at Town, we'll talk about the injuries in a minute because that's the big takeaway from this. But looking at Town, they to me they looked set up to try and do what they did and, and come out fast and try and win this game from the start. Whereas Portsmouth looked slightly different. Their bench was packed with mm. like senior players. They brought on Raggett and Karoma and and their and their main man up top, Colby Bishop. In the second half, they looked like they were more prepared to go for it from the bench, almost like Ipswich were happy to go with what they went with. Although it actually sounds like McKenna, that was a bit grudging from McKenna's point of view. They went with a stronger team than they maybe wanted to because of the mm. because of the absences. So I, I think Portsmouth probably wanted to progress in this competition more, and ultimately, ultimately they have. I think that's it. I think the absolute spot on, Andy. If Ipswich had won, they'd have taken it, would have moved on to the next round of the Papa John's and looked forward to it. But I really got the impression from Kieran McKenna that, look, okay, we're disappointed. We're disappointed for the fans who have paid their money to come here. We want to entertain. And Ipswich went for it. Hey, come on. Ipswich didn't not go for it. They didn't sort of just, they didn't stick a load of, of, of you know, under 21s out and just t- totally disinterested. They they went for it. And I think you're right. They went for it from the start and hoped to get a lead. But the fact it didn't pan out. Um, I've seen one or two people sort of say, well, we, you know, at the end of the day, we could, you know, don't keep saying you can't have this. You can't have, you can either have Wembley or you can have promotion. You can't have both. Well, you can, of course. And I think it just would have moved on quite happily. But I don't think, I don't think they're crying too many tears about being knocked out of it, to be honest. That's, 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 that's the feeling I got. Not that anyone was, everyone was giving it their all, but the fact it just didn't come off. Well, it didn't come off. Mm-hmm. Well, what they maybe are crying tears about is is something that is that could affect the the promotion bid, and that is that is injuries. Obviously, Marcus Harness, the main one, um, helped off the pitch by two medical staff, and all the way back to the the changing room by two medical staff with a knee problem, picked up with the collision midway through the the first half. Um, and Kieran McKenna saying that's not looking great wow. at first first prognosis, which um, 
that's not that's, that isn't a great sign, is it? That's not not great to hear because that that in it inevitably will mean some time out for him at a time where Sonia Luco, as you've said already, Ross is already out with an injury suffered in this competition and Tyrese John Jules is out for an extended period as well. And that's just in a, attacking areas. There's Lee Evans, Don Ball in there as well. So um, what does that mean for town? Do you think Ross? That's um, that if he's out for an extended period, that's a, that's a, a bit of a blow. Yeah. Another big blow. And you know, he had a great game, didn't he, on, on Saturday, scoring the second goal. Um, of course, assist the first goal. Um, and, yeah, some people already said, oh, that's why you shouldn't be playing these sort of players in these competitions because, yeah, you, you know, risking with injuries, but you just never know when you go into a game. But, yeah, I, I somewhat, I, I was happy he walked off the pitch. At first, you're like, oh, I think, oh, maybe it's not as serious. Um, but when you, you know, when he's down for that long, you just think, oh, here we go. Um, and, yeah, I know, I know he's been up and down his town career so far, Harness. I think, you know, he's had a, a few good performances, some, you know, not so good in terms of some of his loose passes. But it, it's another, you know, it's a position where we were, you know, stacked in for a while, weren't we? But now, you know, Harness, John Jules recently as well. Uh, I know Kamara's come back, um, but, you know, he, he played on Tuesday night as his first start one up for town, and um, but he still need to get full up in speed. But, yeah, it's, it's another... Um, player that you know who is our regular starter you know he's harness has been playing pretty much week in week out and to lose him you know and we've still got a good month until the drain transfer window so you know players are gonna have to really step up um but yeah it's disappointing to see him go off and wish him all the best big one for kyle edwards i think i don't think he'd have been playing if edwards hadn't been suspended for this game but Edwards, with every one of these end injuries, Edwards is getting that bit closer and closer to being a regular, having to be a regular starter, which um, is probably a good thing for him, but not not so much for Ipswich losing that losing that depth, Mike. But there is at least still Kyle Kyle Edwards, Connor Chaplin, Wes Burns. That's a a three behind a striker that, that's pretty good. It's just the depth depth beyond that that's going. Well, it's opportunity. It's, it's opportunity knocks now, isn't it, Andy? If, um, which, of course, was a television program which you won't remember from many years ago. Well, you might do, but you uh, no opportunity knocks now, doesn't it? For you don't remember it, no. Um, look, it's 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 you've Ipswich have got a strong squad and it's been tested to the limits. You've still, however, got a strong starting eleven. Whoever, whatever, you've still got a strong starting eleven. You just now lost that depth on. You're going to lose that depth on the bench. Probably that's what's going to happen. But it's for likes that Freddie Ladapo stepped up recently. Edwards has been having some good meet matches recently. Wes Burns, we know, is very capable. So is Connor Chapman. It's just that lack of depth now. If something happens to them, they've got this, you know, these, these, those four in particular, um, you know, going to be carrying a lot of weight on their shoulders for the next two or three weeks, I would suggest, up to the tra- transfer window in January, which I would suspect it are going to be quite lively in now, um, even more so with, with knock, knocks and bangs and this, they weren't going to be in the first place. So, yeah, you, you still got a lot. You still got a quality starting eleven. So that's so there's no need to panic. The eleven that starts starts most Ipswich Town games is, is a strong eleven for that league. It's just that we've always been looking at the bench, haven't we? Going, wow, you know, look at that bench, and it's not quite yeah. going to be the same. There's a slight another slight worry over Freddie Ladapo as well, who was on the bench uh, last night, but wasn't ultimately an option for Kieran McKenna because just running up and down the touchline. During the game, he, he he did something to his calf, and they 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 didn't want to risk it. I think this, I think it was just a precaution at that yeah. at that point. But having already lost Marcus Harness in the game, um, 
you don't then throw somebody on who's who's got a a calf problem. There was some slightly better news um, in uh, on Janoy Danassian, Connor Chaplin, and uh, and Leif Davis. Leif Davis notably actually came came off in the the Exeter game with injury. All three of them picked up knocks in that game. None were involved against Pompey, but they're all okay. They're all fine. So um, losing Leif Davis would have been a big one as well. Even if Greg Lee is back in the picture, and and, and you're right, Mike, he did he did look good. Um, he he didn't look like a man who'd had a couple of months out with a fracture in his leg, did he? I think it's the same, the exact same player that we that we kind of saw Ipswich lose in September um, has come back at the first time of asking, which is a a really big plus. But that yeah, Panucci Kamara still is getting up to speed in there, isn't he? He yeah. he he lost some balls last night. The technical side of it, kind of in that upper third, uh, top third of the pitch, um, a bit lacking, I thought. Yeah, I think I think he's still he's still a little he's still a little way away, isn't he, Andy? You know, um, just you know, not that sharpness of the of, of quick movement, quick ball. But he's got he's very enthusiastic. Gets hold of the ball. He obviously works hard. Um, but yeah, a little bit of quality. Just just getting up to speed, really. As you say, you you, you can't underestimate if you <laughs> been out of the game for so long. Well, any level of football, you know, just so just be chucked back in there. So that's why I think Greg Lee did so well because he did look as though he hadn't been away. I mean, I know he played what he put the minutes he played, but. You know, I remember back in pre-season, need a market when he when he, we first saw Greg Lee. Thought, oh, he looks that lad looks great player, and and he's you know there, there's the same one again. Here we are heading towards December after he's had quite a layoff, and he looks that sort of player. So that's a positive. Yeah, uh, Kamara, there's a player there, isn't there? Of course there is. Um, but as you say, he's got to get up to speed. Uh, it's it's uh, and, I, and I don't know quite they what to play him as long as they did last night. But needs must at the moment, aren't they? And they've got Buxton on Sunday, which we'll talk about later on. Um, yeah, so we'll see. He's a depth player, Lee, isn't he? He was supreme depth. Um, obviously, mm. Davis has been brought in to be the, the starting left back there, but proper depth. And and Lee is, I think Greg Lee is actually the perfect, if you wanted to embody Ipswich's strength in depth in one yeah. player, I think Greg Lee would have, back in August, Greg Lee would have been that man. Not many teams in League One have two serious left backs, do they? Mm. Um, Ip, Ipswich do, and they do again mm. now, which is... Um, which is really big. There's still Gassana had made to come back into this mix. Of course, he was cup tied last night um, and will likely play against Buxton at the weekend. But um, every time one of these players go down, Ross, we say they can't afford any more. Um, but still, still they keep coming. Yeah, and Mike, you said a perfect word. That's the one word I was trying to think of when I last spoke was depth. You know, we, we, we used to look at our bench and go, wow, that's a League One bench. Now it's like, oh, he's getting a bit, you know, we're not panicking just yet. But you know, I think one more, two more injuries, you're like, oh, here we go. So we are going to be filling that bench with kids. And uh, of course, there's always going to be the little violins from League One clubs, you know, thinking, you know, you guys are going to be strengthening in January. But, you know, if, if they keep stacking up, you're like, oh, who's going to come in, you know, Pray Ladapo's fine and he'll be, you know, he'll be fine. But once again, that was an area we were struggling for a little while. Like we had no strikers because, you know, they're dropping like flies, which is the ways to phrase. But yeah, any, any, a few more, you're like, oh, you know, you're worried. But I think the only position currently that's safe is defensively. You know, we've got that, that, that is solid. Um, for famous last words. Hopefully I'm not jinxed it. Sorry, everybody. But, uh, but yeah. Please, please, no more. Because we're, we're doing all right with injuries for, a, for the first period of the season. We're like, oh, here we go. We're, we're a new town, no injuries, but now the injury curse is struck, and it's like every week we're like got an update. Yeah, he's out. He's he's suffered this. Blah blah blah. 
but yeah, it's just it's part of the game, isn't it? Yeah, a sad part of the game, um, but it but it certainly is. Um, Mike, you've already said it. Next up is the FA Cup with Buxton. Um, we'll have a chat about that in a minute, but we're going to take a little little break from this chat right now, and we'll um, unless unless anybody's got anything else to want to add about the Papa John's trophy, some final words for the Papa John's trophy. This may well be the last time we ever talk about it um, on the podcast. Any any final words as it's lowered, hopefully into the ground and and buried. Um, just the lack of pizzas, really. That's all I want to say. I was going to go deep, and but I've decided not to. I don't think it's the right place, so um, we can leave that for another day. But I was going to get deep about something, but I don't want to. I don't want to go there. Don't, don't, Ross. Don't, don't yeah. do it. No, don't oh, do it. Okay, that is that has filled me with with questions that I'm going to require answers to at some point. But well, maybe maybe we'll go deep with you um, another day, Ross. Let us know if yeah. you've got if you want to go if you want to go deep. Okay, are you all right? Chat... Are you all right? Are you all right, Ross? Yeah, it is. It was about two tonight. So, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's okay. all a good day. Okay, if, you want to have a chat, if you want to have a chat, if you want to have a chat after the pod, me and Andy are here. You know that, don't you? Yeah. But, uh, I also want to give a shout out to a listener who's at the game, though, um, Nikolai from New York. I think you you all must have met him as well on Tuesday night. But um, he, he's a keen listener. He's over um, this week, so just a big shout out to him. But that's not the deep thing. That wasn't the deep yeah. thing. But it was just nice to meet him. But there was, there was something else I was going to mention. But nah, I'm, I'm, off off pod, we can chat about it. You are you are all right, Ross. Aren't you? I mean, I'm not I'm fine. I'm, worried, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just no Wembley, you know, unfortunately. But don't start un- un- unloading all your problems on me and Andy. We've got enough problems as it is, haven't we, Andrew? <laughs> we have, but don't but don't bottle them up either. No, um, no, yeah. no, don't bottle if them up. If you need either. if there's something you need to get yeah. out, just just get it out, whether it's about yeah. the Papa John's trophy or yeah. or anything else. Anything. Just, um, yeah. Yeah. Just camera camera lens or anything you want to talk about, or you know, we're yeah. here. Sounds all good. Right. That's good. <laughs> Oh, this podcast is nonsense, isn't it? Um, <laughs> anyway, before let's before we talk about Buxton, um, we'll pause this chat slightly for a half an hour or so, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna chuck in a chat that that I've had with Tommy Miller, uh, former Ipswich midfielder, who's now the assistant manager of Buxton, and he's uh, he's bringing his bringing his team uh, to Portman Road on Sunday at five p.m. on Sunday, um, five p.m. on Sunday. That's uh, one for the ridiculous kickoff time book, but we'll um, we'll cross over to Tommy now. Who's who's just gonna he's gonna talk about Buxton, how he's ended up there coaching, what he wants to do in management, how how the team are looking forward to this visit to Portman Road, and his own thoughts on on returning to his former club on the on the touchline. But um, we'll be back to talk about the uh, the Buxton game after that. Okay, here with uh, former Ipswich Town midfielder. Tommy Miller. Tommy, um, it's always good to talk to you. You're obviously a brilliant player for Ipswich that people um, remember really, really fondly. But but this week, um, I don't really know how to feel about this chat with you now because you're you're the opposition this week. This isn't this isn't how we uh, how we usually speak. The assistant manager at Buxton, and you're you're coming to Portman Road on Sunday. Um, I bet you weren't expecting that this season, were you? Definitely not. Uh, you know, when I joined Buxton um, in the in the summer. Um, obviously, Ipswich Town in the FA Cup was a million miles away from we thought. Um, and as we sort of progressed through the qualifying rounds, um, I, I would have liked them in the previous round. We got we got Merthyr at home. Uh, it was a tricky game. Um, you know, we were the favourites, but we 
we sort of stuttered and got through and, and got to the next round. And then when the draw was made, we were obviously wanting a big one. We wanting either Derby, Sheffield Wednesday or Ipswich. Uh, and obviously to get Ipswich um, for a personal point of view as well was, was fantastic. Yeah, was that the one that you were sort of desperately pulling for in both in both draws? I, I guess some of your the rest of your squad might have fancied Sheffield Wednesday Derby, but for, for you, was it Ipswich all the way? Yeah, definitely Ipswich. Uh, I was sitting the goalkeeper coach in the in the previous round. I said, "Oh, I hope we get Ipswich," and he said, "Well, you never know." And then, obviously, when it was pulled out and we and we got them, it was um, fantastic. I mean, not just for myself, but also for the club as well. You know, as a whole, it's a it's a great draw for the club. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's one I think people are looking forward to. Before we kind of get into talking in depth about this game and, and what, what you might expect, what Ipswich might expect, uh, how how are you? How How's things going? I know you were at Portman Road recently, weren't you? Too? Was it the Derby game you came came down to Yeah, watch? it was. Yeah, it was the Friday night. Um, I hadn't been back since uh, 2009, I think it was, when I left. Um, so I was invited down over the years and obviously... Haven't been able to get down because of football. Uh, being involved on a on a weekend with my teams, um, whether that was Halifax or Spennymoor Town, um, so they offered us to come down on the Friday night. And Buxton were playing at Brackley the next day, so I thought I can catch that game on the on the way back up. Uh, so it, it was good, you know. It was good to see um, some faces that are still there from when when I was there. You know, uh, Pat Cobbold. Uh, unbelievable person, unbelievable lady, uh, Sally, who works at the training ground. You know, so there's still a few faces there, and obviously it was a good catch up with a with a few ex players as well. Uh, with the opening of George Burley's bar, uh, so no, I really enjoyed me me night, and obviously the the team won, which was a, a fantastic uh, night for Ipswich. Yeah, that was a, a really a really good night for the club. I think kind of showcasing the progress that they've um, they've made sort of over the years. I know you've done a bit of kind of co commentary, haven't you, with with Radio Suffolk over the years? And you've probably yeah. in that time seen um, seen some of the bad side of Ipswich Town over the last few years. You've probably probably not not caught them at their best when you've been doing no. that. But it but it's a bit different now. It's um it's all going in the right direction. Yeah, there's a there's a feel good factor. You know, I think obviously. Last season with Paul Cook, he, he brought a lot of players in um, and it, it didn't quite gel. Uh, but I think what you'll find now is same sort of players, really, with a, with a few additions along the way. And Keane McKenna's certainly um, got them playing the right way. You know, they've got a real identity to how they, how they, how they perform. They're getting the results as well, which obviously helps. Uh, so he's doing a fantastic job and, and hopefully this can be the season where they can get out of League One and, and get back into the Championship. Yeah, I hope so. That's um, that's long overdue. Second in League One at the moment. So, how how did your boys, uh, how did your players respond when that draw was pulled out? Were you watching it together or any or anything, or were you all kind of separate and then on WhatsApp groups and things like that? How how what was the reaction when this tie came out for you? Yeah, I mean, we were, we were separate. You know, we're we're a part time club, uh, so obviously we we train Tuesday nights and Thursday nights, and so we're all separate. But the messages were flying around on the on the WhatsApp groups and obviously delighted you know it's it it's a fantastic sort of experience for these lads uh, some of them have never played at, at that level or won't have played at the ground of, of, of that stature and of that history uh, so they're looking forward to it you know it, it's going to be a memorable day whatever the outcome a uh, great experience for the families as well you know girlfriends wives kids and and the supporters and the whole club in general so it's 
it's a real good draw and we're looking mm. forward to it. Have they been talking about it a lot that the players since since the draw came out? Or you've obviously had plenty of games in that in that time to deal with as well. Yeah, I think judging by our last few results, I think the minds have been on that game, uh, this <laughs> game because uh, the, the last few results haven't gone according to plan and have been disappointing. Um, but I think they have certainly had one eye on Ipswich Town and um, they're, they're really looking forward to the game. Uh, so we, we hope we can go there and. Do give ourselves a bit of justice, you know. We will go there and hopefully um, put a performance in. We know it's going to be very tough. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but we hope we go there when we we can give it our lot. Mm. Uh, it sounds like you've got a, a fair few fans coming down as well, despite the kickoff time, which is one of the most awkward kickoff times you could probably have, isn't it? It sounds like you've got a fair few coming down. Yeah, it's not ideal, you know. Five o'clock on a on a Sunday afternoon, I think. Um, Everyone would have much preferred the, the Saturday, but obviously it's going to be on some sort of TV, uh, which I think benefits both clubs uh, in terms of uh, finances. And I think once the supporters sort of got over that little bit um, of disappointment, uh, it soon switched to the Sunday and, it, and it's how we can get down and how we can make a sort of weekend of it. Uh, so the, the tickets have been selling fast. You know, it's probably the biggest game in the history um, for them uh, and for them to to pay the money and to come down and I'm sure they'll have a, a fantastic day no, no matter what happens. How big How big is this for you? Because I, it really surprised, I think I'm right in saying, I went through some of your, your career stats this morning. Have you never, you've never been against Ipswich Town, have you? I've never played against Ipswich, is that right? At, at Portman Road? I played for Sheffield Wednesday at Ipswich, I believe. Did you? I think when I went, yeah, and I think it was a nil-nil draw. Um, I must so, have yeah, missed I that been, one. I, yeah, I've been back once um, on the opposite opposition side, uh, so it's going to be a bit different. Obviously, with us being in the in the dugout and, and watching from the side, uh, I'd much prefer to be be on the pitch. Um, but no, it's uh, yeah, Sheffield Wednesday. I think I went with and, and we drew nil nil. Okay, I, I I must have missed that one, but I expected to go through that and see that you'd been back four or five times with all the clubs that you you played with because you were kind of at clubs in and around Ipswich all that. All that time, I expected there to be to be a lot more. Have you, you've you've not considered putting the boots on, have you? It's not that long. It's not that it's not that long ago that you hung them up, was it? Well, I did say to Jamie, I said, um, if you're struggling for the bench, you know, there's nine subs in the FA Cup. I said you can get me registered if you want, uh, and I get I get the boots on. But I think we're um, I think we'll be fine, you know. We've also got some young lads in the academy who will enjoy the day as well and come down and and, and one or two will probably be involved in the in the bench, which. Which will be which will be brilliant for them. Oh, just, I thought I hoped I hoped you were going to say he'd taken you up on your offer. Um, that would have been that would have been great. That would, that <laughs> well, would have been did, great. Well, he did. Well, he didn't say yes, so I'm presuming it's a no. Uh, so <laughs> I think he, he quickly quickly moved on to a different subject, so I, I took that as a uh, uh-huh. as a no. Fair, fair enough. Um, what, what can you, what can you tell us about Buxton as a, as a club? Obviously, eighteenth in National League North at, at the moment. Um, as you say, this is probably the one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game in there. In their history, but what what kind of what kind of club is it? Um, what kind of feel has this club got about it? Yeah, it's it's obviously it's ambitious, it's progressive. Uh, the team were promoted last season uh, from obviously the league below. Um, it, it does things properly, you know. The, the chairman's invested a lot of money in the club over the years, uh, and he and he wants to obviously keep pushing them on. The manager's coming in the in the summer. Uh, obviously, he's brought myself as well. So there's been a, a large sort of turnover in players as well. 
Um, we didn't start the season great. We sort of stuttered. And then obviously the, we had a bit of a run and then the last few games were disappointing. We we still got a couple of games in hand. So if you win them, you obviously you, you soon start climbing the table. Uh, but like I say, it, it's a club that wants to go in the right direction. And the chairman, as I've mentioned, has put a lot of time and effort and money into the club. So it's a re- rewarding for him and for all the people who's helped um, on Sunday to, to get this draw. Yeah, n- nobody really knows where this game is being televised, but we're, we're assured it is being shown on TV somewhere in the world. Um, but that whatever that money is must be really helpful to a, a club like Buxton, as well as um, some decent gate money, I would imagine, from a, a, a an Ipswich crowd. But I don't know, maybe 10,000 10, crowd at Portman Road, you might think, for an FA Cup game, eight or ten, something like that. That's going to that's gonna help, isn't it? It is, you know, and I think if it was the Saturday afternoon, we possibly might have gotten a few more through the door, uh, through the gate. Uh, but listen, the more the merrier, obviously, it all it all helps, um, especially for a club like ourselves. We, we part-time, you know, we've, we've got a, a good mix of players. You know, we have got lads who've played higher in the Football League and we've got lads who've been released from academies who are, who are sort of trying to get back up. Uh, back up on the ladder and try to get back into the full-time game, which hopefully we can help them along the way. So it's 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 a game really for them. There's no pressure. They they've got to go out there and enjoy it and and give it their lot. You know, see how far away they are from from the from the likes of you know Sam Morsey or whatever team Ipswich put out. You know, they've got some very good players and and go and test yourself against them and and see how far short you are or even on the day you you could match them. So. That's the challenge for them. Yeah, it's looking down the squad, there are a few names in there that that Ipswich fans might recognise. Harry Bunn is one in there. He's played at played yeah. high, started at Man City, I think, and but had a long a long spell with with Huddersfield and Sirhat Tazdemir as well. I think I think was yeah. at Peterborough um, yeah, during correct. it during it during Ipswich's battles with them over the years. Um, and there's a I don't know. I've just looked at the list, and the one that interests me is your number nine, Diego. De Girolamo, and that uh, <laughs> I, I think he's from Sheffield, isn't he? But also, yeah. also something like that is is not not quite the uh, the Roman uh, Roman god, but um, but names like that always jump off the page. He's uh, what, what can you tell us about some of your players? Yeah, like I said earlier, we've, we've got a good mix. You know, we've got good experience, and we've also got some good young lads in there. Um, there's, there's a few who's played high. Uh, Sean Brisley's played um, for Notts County, uh, Wrexham. Uh, Sean Newton's played for York City, Wrexham as well. Uh, Harry Bunn, as you touched on, he's played for Huddersfield. Yeah, he started at Manchester City. Uh, and then we sort of got Scott Borden, experienced striker. He sort of played at lower levels, um, Chesterfield. Uh, he was at York City last season. And then we've got some younger ones, Connor Kirby, who was released from Sheffield Wednesday. Um, went into Halifax, suffered a bad leg break uh, when he was at Harrogate. So there's a good mix. Warren Clark, who's been who plays on the left hand side, got a lot of pace. He was at Chevy Wednesday and got released. So as I said earlier, there's lads there who are have been in the pro clubs um, and at different stages in the career. There's a few who are maybe sort of coming towards the end. You know, maybe he's got another one, two years left, and then there's other lads who are who are trying to make a name for themselves and, and trying to sort of push on with Buxton and, and, and hopefully get noticed. If it's not with Buxton going up the league, then they can move on to a, a full-time outfit and, and try and get back into the Football League. Mm. If you're talking about players trying to make a name for themselves, there's no better time for them to do it than the, than this game, is there? Absolutely. 
you know, this is what the FA Cup's all about. It, it's a fantastic cup competition, and, and certainly for the lower lower league teams, you know, um, there's always one team that sort of gets into the into the into the first round, second round, third round, even. Uh, and and Buxton have obviously done very well to to get where we are so far. And like I say, we'll go there Sunday and enjoy the day and see where it takes us. Mm. How are you enjoying your your time with the club? You obviously you were spending more previous previously in a similar similar role. Um, how how are you enjoying your your coaching journey so far? Yeah, I am enjoying it. I mean, it's it's not ideal in terms of location. Um, it's two and a half hours away for me, so it's two and a half hours there on a on a Tuesday and a Thursday night. But I'm committed, um, and I enjoyed it. It's it's a good club. There's some good people there. Yeah, before that, I was at Spending Mill Town for for six years um, as assistant manager, then as a manager, um, and it, it ended a little bit disappointingly there, which I won't go into too much. Uh, but there was a a few factors behind the scenes which I wasn't happy about, and. We started the season very well, uh, then had a bit of a bad run, and they they decided to sort of make change, and it hasn't exactly gone according to plan for them. So you move on, um, and then there was a few options along the way where sort of people are ringing me saying, "Well, if he gets the sack, you might get in there, or if I get that job, I'll take you with you." And then Jamie rang me, knew he'd just gone in, uh, he he'd left Charlie, and he said, "Will you come in and help me out?" and I sort of went down and had a talk to him and I said, yeah, absolutely. And, and I've gone in and, and I've enjoyed it so far. Mm. Is someone is Jamie someone you've kind of crossed paths with over the years or was he, was he someone you got to know when you were at Spennymoor? Or how, how did yeah, that just, come about? Yeah, just from Spennymoor, just from the Spennymoor days, we used to play against his teams um, and he actually beat us in the, in the playoff final one year to, to get to the National League. So... He's respectable, you know. He's done a, a fantastic job at Chorley um, over the past sort of, I don't know, five years or so. Uh, they've always been there or thereabouts in the National League North. And like I say, he, he got the team promoted um, against Spenny uh, winning on penalties. So he's he's ambitious. He's also a head teacher as well. So he, he, sometimes <laughs> it's difficult to juggle the both. You know, he's quite busy with that as well. But. He's he's up and coming and he's and he and he knows his stuff, so it's it's good to work with him. Yeah, it's kind of speaking speaking to you over the years, coaching and, and management is something you've always spoke about. Is that is that something you're still heavily kind of pursuing and and looking to to progress in yeah. yourself? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think all the clubs I've worked at has been part time, and I, I did have a sort of a chance. I think it was about four year ago to. To go to a full-time club, which was which was FC Halifax, um, I decided to sort of stay loyal a little bit to Spennymoor Town and stayed there. Uh, but I should have known maybe loyalty in football doesn't get you anywhere because um, I ended up leaving Spennymoor eventually. And you look at things like that, and maybe should or I shouldn't. I think at the time I, it was the right decision for myself. Uh, and so I'm just looking for a, for another opportunity, whether, whether that's with books and uh, further down the line. But I, I'd love to be to be full-time. I think that's the aim, that's the ambition. Uh, I want to work on a day-to-day basis at a football club. It's very difficult um, on a part-time basis, especially when, you, I mean, our, our league has five, six full-time teams in it, so you feel like you're up against it from the from the off, really, before you play these teams, because obviously they prepare, they plan, uh, they have a lot more time with the players, whereas we get two hours on a Tuesday, if that, and two hours on a Thursday, 
lads have work, they have jobs, uh, so you, they're probably finishing work, coming to us training. Um, so it, 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 it does have a factor, certainly, and um, full-time is certainly what, I, what I'd like to get into mm-hmm. and, and hopefully given an opportunity uh, soon. I hope so. There's always been this tantalising prospect, Tommy. You've mentioned it and he's mentioned it. You and Pablo Cunago, good friends going going back to the Ipswich days. You've all little little comments here and there about hoping to work together one day. Um, do you think that could ever happen? Yeah, I think so. I speak to Pablo a lot. Um, he's, he's Obviously, he was a fantastic player and a, and a great guy. I also speak to Shefki Kuchilo, who's, who's desperate to to be given an opportunity at a club in England. He's, you know, he's trying and trying and trying and hopefully he'll be successful one day to, to be given that chance. But going back to Pablo, yeah, we, we speak a lot. Um, he sort of sees the game as, as how I see it. And you never know one day if, if given a chance and given an opportunity, then we, we could work together, certainly. That mean you're going over to Spain if that if 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 Pablo Pablo got going with something in Spain or, or would that be in England? Where what have you kind of spoken about? I think Pablo would like to come to England, but if it is in Spain, then um, I would be open to it. Certainly, I would go anywhere just to be given a, a chance at a full time club and to sort of showcase my ability and me me coaching skills and me sort of leadership and, and management. Then I'd be I'd be open to it to go anywhere really um, mm. to be given a chance. Yeah, who have you been? Your kind of big, big influences in coaching and management. You've had some really good ones over the years, so you must have, um, you must have picked up an awful lot along the way. You do, you do. You pick up different things along the way. I mean, I've played for some very good managers and, and some that I sort of, I wouldn't say disliked, but some of my memories didn't get on a, a, as much um, as well, and that's probably because of either not playing or I wasn't playing in my preferred position. Um, I will say I did. I mean, listen, I played for some great managers. George Burley, who first signed me, was fantastic for my career. Then obviously Joe Royal, because of the good times we had, we were so close in that in that team. But from a personal point of view, I just enjoyed playing under Joe because he gave me freedom and he, he could let me get on with sort of my show me my ability and show me talent. He gave me freedom. Uh, but towards the end of my career, what I will say is. I played under Paolo De Canio and listen, as much as he was crazy and mental and mad and you hear all the stories, um, yes, man management sort of let him down on certain occasions, but in terms of a coach and his ideas and um, the way he wanted to play the game, he, he was brilliant. And I, I thought I'd seen it all in football and I was what, 32, <laughs> I think, when I signed for Swindon and he took it to a different level and uh, I really enjoyed my time working uh, under Paolo. You've obviously got Jim Magillan, who's a good friend and uh, another one who's sort of looking to get back in, in the game and certainly over in England, uh, who I speak to. Uh, Jim was great, you know, again, fiery, but that's how he played. You know, he was. Uh, it's the passion. You see it when you sort of change over you know you're a player and you're sort of a bit selfish you look after yourself but when you're a manager and a coach and you're taking everybody on board and you and you see what it means and I think Jim showed it more than anyone how much it how much it means to, to to sort of win a game of football and to be to be a manager so there's loads of different ones along the way um, and you pick up little bits and then you have your own ideas Um so hopefully we'll we'll, we'll see what can happen in the mm-hmm. future. Yeah, Swin- Swindon Town and Paolo Di Canio is where where you and I actually first met each other many years ago, wasn't it? And yeah, um, he yeah. he was 
He was something else. He was that. That was the kind of the first football manager, first football club I I covered in a job like this. And um, I don't know if I was quite prepared for for him at that point. He was definitely <laughs> he was definitely something else, wasn't he? How how many days was it that that you did straight without having a single oh, day off at the start? It was, it Two was months, crazy. wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was more than that. I think it was in the seventies. I think um, I remember meeting him, and he just sort of said, "Listen, there's no days off here." And I sort of looked at him as if to think, "Well, surely you'll get a day off." And whatever it was, 70-odd days. I can't remember the exact number. And he, and he was right. I think the, the day off was travelling back from Italy, I think, on pre, from pre-season. Uh, <laughs> so it was, pre, it, was pretty, uh, it was pretty rough, tough. Um, but what I will say is, even though a lot of the stuff at the time, a lot of players questioned it, why are we doing this and why are we doing that, what you do realise is when you sort of leave there or you're not attached there anymore, you're thinking everything he said was was right you know he was doing it for the benefit of you and there's a lot of lads who went on to better things I mean there's Matt Ritchie went on to Newcastle United eventually and, and performed in the Premier League Aidan Flint you know there's a few others as well who sort of and they'll they'll say maybe at the time some of the stuff they didn't agree with but they'll look back and think absolutely he was a big um, part in their career. Mm. Is I can't imagine you'd have taken too many man management tips from him. Maybe <laughs> over the years, you have to be a special kind of person to work with people in the way that he did. Yeah, yeah you do. I mean, you've got to be mentally strong because um, he could sort of destroy you. You know, you, you have to be tough, um, and that's what did let him down. And that's probably one of the reasons why he's not in football now or hasn't been given another opportunity. I knew that when he went to Sunderland. That if he didn't change, I think there's obviously bigger egos at Sunderland. There's, a, there's lads on a lot more money than what they were on at Swindon. Uh, and you've got to sort of tone it down a little bit. But Paolo being Paolo, I suppose he he, he can't change. Uh, and that's probably why, he's, like I said, he's, he's still probably not back in the game or uh, chairman maybe is reluctant to, to give him a chance. Mm. There's plenty of uh, plenty of stories we probably could discuss now. Maybe about him. Maybe we'll save them for another time. Yeah. But this 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 chat's about about Buxton. But um, I don't know if you'll appreciate me bringing this up or not. But you you replaced Paolo Di Canio briefly, didn't you? Yeah, uh, you, I did. you and you I and Darren. I can remember that game. That the first game that you had as as caretaker after he quit with Darren Ward. Yeah. Very 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 vividly. Yeah, we did, and that and that was my first sort of experience, really, in um, in, in, in well, managing, coaching. Uh, it came out of the blue, you know. We, we were riding high in the in, in the league and and doing very well, and then there was a few off the field problems which Paolo was dealing with. There was a new ownership of the club, and um, Paolo was wanting extra players in to sort of help us sort of stay where we were in the league and to push us on. Um, and I think then players weren't agreed to, and then I think Paolo obviously. Sort of stuck to his principles and stuck to to how he was and, and sort of went well. I'll I'll leave and it all got a bit messy towards the end and then me and Darren Ward were asked to sort of take charge and we were both still in the team so we we were sort of yes we'll we'll take charge for a couple of games but ideally you, you need to get someone in to to run the run the team because we we still want to play we still fit and feel like we can still offer something on the field and it, it was hard being both player managers. Uh, again, looking back, you might think, well, one of us should have maybe stepped out and, and sort of dealt with it from the sidelines. But at that time, we we wanted to play. I think you you both thinking about that team. You both needed to play. You were you were this kind of the senior core of that team. But I do have a vivid memory of people kind of looking to the bench and there being nobody there, 
because yeah. because because during the game the the two the two managers were on were on the pitch. Um, that must yeah, have been that, that must have prepared you for this, like in in a certain way. It, yeah, I mean, I always said I think once I started getting over thirty, then I started looking at doing my coaching badges, and you're always thinking about what what you're going to do at the end of the season or when you finish playing, and um, and, and you think probably you'll, you'll you'll get straight in somewhere, and it's tough, you know, unless you're given an opportunity, it probably where you finish, uh, then going away, and then you there's obviously other people in the same boat as well. It's it, it's it's quite a tough industry out there. You know, when you finish playing, there's lots of people sort of looking for, for that one job and to get that management job or coaching job. And a lot of it is who you know. Um, you know, if you know someone at a club, then they might get you in somewhere. And it's it's you just sort of bide your time and, and see what comes. But hopefully, that, that's the ambition, certainly for myself, you know, to, to, to get back into a full-time, full-time environment and, and, and work from there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are lots of lots of people at Ipswich that would love to love to see that happen happen for you. Um, and there'll be lots of people at Ipswich that are really happy to see to see you again this weekend. They'll obviously be hoping you you go home disappointed, but they'll be ha- yeah. happy to see. But what does Ipswich Town mean to you? It was obviously a massive part of your life in in three separate three separate spells along the way, and um, so many Ipswich players just look back at their time at the club really fondly. And I, I imagine you're you're one of them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I came down for the for the Friday night game, um, I came down nice and early. You know, I was down at Friday dinner time, and I, and I went and had a drive around it, around a few of the places I used to, to used to live, and it it just felt like going back home. Uh, if I'm honest with you, and that's after being nine years away. You know, I had a little wander around Woodbridge, and there's still some of the same places and the things to do, and it's a it's a lovely place. You know, it's a, it's a special place, and it and it gives me a a great career, really. You know the 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 times I had there. Yes, there's regrets in terms of not getting promoted, and that'll always stay with me. Um, but the the good times we had on the pitch, the sort of good connection we had, and I think the fans as well. You know, it's a special club. I know people do say, oh, you know, the clubs are special as well, but Ipswich really is. It's a family club. You know, the support is. They, they all come together. I remember when the club sort of went into administration and. That was a tough time, but the fans stuck with it, and everyone stuck together. And uh, I had some really good times, and it's like I said, it, it felt like home when I went back after after nine years being away. How are you expecting to feel when you're coming out the tunnel onto the onto the touchline? Yeah, it'll be it'll be surreal, you know. It'll be uh, strange, but it'll be it'll be a sense of great to be back, you know. Great to walk out of that tunnel again, and albeit. I'll be standing on the sidelines and, and wish I was playing, but it will be uh, it'll be fantastic to to see the crowd and uh, to see the fans and, uh, and to see the stadium and, and, and the pitch as well, which is obviously a, a fantastic playing surface. And the penalty yeah. spots, not forgetting. <laughs> yeah, have you been working? Have you have, have they have the uh, have the lads been working on their penalties? Have you done some extra sessions? Obviously, you'd need to get a replay to the end of that for a sh- for a shootout. But if you get one in the game, have you uh, have you been working with the boys? No, not particularly. We, we we didn't really practice them. I mean, I never practiced them as a player, um, and we haven't really practiced them as a team. Um, but I mean, if if we were to get a replay, which is obviously a big if, uh, then then I'm sure we'll we'll have a look at it for the for the replay if need be. You never practiced them at all. Did you? You, you never, really never practiced practice? them. No, never practiced them. Um, very very 
there might have been one or two occasions over the years, but never ever stayed back after training and, and sort of put a goalkeeper in and practice. And it was just sort of on the day, and I knew that if I could get good connection on the ball, uh, that's nine times out of ten, or certainly a dip switch ten out of t- ten times out of yeah. ten, it was it was going to go in. So, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, we'll be beware the bucks and penalty takers if they if they do get one. Hopefully, <laughs> they'll follow follow the Miller method and they'll um they'll be all right. Thank you for your time, Tommy. Thank you so much, and um no best of luck at the all. weekend. Best of luck at the weekend. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, mate. Bye. Okay, that's Tommy Tommy Miller. There, he was a he was a good player, wasn't he, Mike Ross? I, I, Ross, you might have um sort of his second his second spell for you, Ross, Mike. You'll You'll remember the the first particularly well as well. He he was great to watch, wasn't he? He's a fine player, Tommy Miller, and um, sort of unsung hero type player, really. You know, all the sort of um, all the players Ipswich have had in the midfield over the years. Some of the you know flash stars and the skills that, and, and Tommy was just a solid player. You know, of course, pen, penalty taker extraordinaire. But I mean, he was just a he was just a fine player. The sort of player you'd like to support. Support player who you know. When you pay your money, you go through a turnstiles. If Tommy Miller's on the team sheet, you know you're going to get 100% off Tommy and, and, and he never let us down. Um, yeah, so good memories of Tommy Miller. Um, yeah, good, good, fine player. And it'd be nice it'd be nice to see him. And, and it'd be nice to see him back uh, back at Port Road in an odd, odd position of the dugout, obviously, uh, Roscoe. But um, they don't you get a picture of him, I suppose, at your wide-angled lens. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I I love Tommy. He was one of my first favourite players. I saw him, you know, briefly in his during his first spell, but I was very young, and you know, he's he was a proper goal scoring midfielder. Which in the 2010s, that's what we were crying out for. Um, because yeah, you, I, know, I know most of them were penalties, but you know, you got to step up, you got to score them. But um, yeah, he was a really good player. I loved his celebrations as well. You know, his partnership with Kuchi and Benton and Canago as well. Um, but yeah, it's going to be good to see him back. I know he was back recently, you know, for the Derby game. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a weird feeling seeing him on the touchline. You know, normally when you take, but we were saying this before, you know, it's become a now a regular thing where we see former players we've seen play now actually on the touchline as a manager, as a coach. And it's going to happen more often, I'm sure, definitely for town players. But yeah, good old Tommy, you know, fans' favourite and um, a nice bloke as well. It's a sign that you're getting old, Ross, I'm yeah. afraid. So when you start seeing sons of people that you've watched, that's when uh, Mike, Mike, have you have you seen a grandson yet? Well, it's funny to say I'm just telling. I, I, I knew you'd ask. You knew you'd ask me that, Andrew. Uh, that's what I'm going to call you, Andrew, because it's a, a deliberately loaded question, which uh, you know very well. I can't. I can't think of the answer to, but I probably have. Um, there probably is a grandson out there. I probably did see the granddad of a grandson now playing. Um, I'll have to rack my brains and think. Um, yeah, well, not not quite that old, Andrew. I don't think, but. Uh... Mm. Seeing, seeing, um, seeing Brennan Johnson playing at, at the mm. World Cup as uh, the son of the son of David Johnson, obviously, um, seeing him at a World Cup has uh, has aged me a little bit. Seeing mm. the son of a player that I that I looked up to it when I when I was a young man. But um, Buxton at home, National League North, eighteenth. They've been in pretty dire form since this draw came out. Um, for, to play Ipswich and um, to, to Tommy Tommy joked that they they might have been uh, looking a little bit ahead too much and uh, have maybe lost their concentration a little bit. But this this is a massive day out for them, isn't it? Uh, and uh, but but ultimately a game that Ipswich 
really, really should be winning. Obviously, we've had this funny week where there's been the Papa John's Trophy and then the FA Cup. And the Papa John's Trophy is the lesser competition by some distance to the FA Cup, I'm sure, in terms of what Ipswich want to do in it. But at the same time, the opposition they played on Tuesday night against Portsmouth is so much greater than, in theory, the one that they should play face on Sunday. So uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting tie, but one Ipswich surely have to win, isn't it? Yes, cool. I mean, gosh, they they really they they should win and they should win fairly comfortably. Buxton will will, will give it their eyes. Tommy's probably absolutely right since the draw was made. I mean, the Buxton players have probably thought, "Wow, what a great draw!" I mean, it's a it's a really good draw for Buxton. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the crowd will be. Probably won't be huge, unfortunately, for them. But it's a League One side away from home. They probably prefer obviously Ipswich at home. That'd have been nicer for them because um, that probably resulted in a little bit of better TV deal than the the one they're actually going to get wherever it's been shown at five o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, but this would probably have been a, a BBC one if it had, or, um, you know, if it had been at Buxton. But look, yeah, Ipswich Town, it, it couldn't have come at a better time really for Ipswich with their injuries and the, the opportunity to rest a few players. Perhaps Morsey might have a break. Um, he's played a lot recently. Um, you know, look, Bucks are going to come and give it their all. Don't take them for granted. Don't think they're just going to, they're going to lay down and die because they won't. They're going to give it absolutely everything. It's going to be a beautiful pitch for them to play on. They're going to absolutely lap it up. I feel so sorry for the Buxton fans who've got this ridiculous um, kickoff time to have to, to put up with, but I'm sure they'll still come in their numbers. Um, but gosh, look, look, losing the Portsmouth in the Papa John's, we could just about stomach, you know, I mean, big for lots of reasons, but you're not going to be too happy if you lose to Buxton in the FA Cup, injuries or no injuries or whatever priorities are, what priorities aren't. This FA Cup, we don't expect to win the FA Cup, but we, Ipswich Town should beat Buxton, Ross, I would have thought. You hope so. You know, there's cup shocks. You always look forward to it. You know, I remember we were speaking a few weeks back, you know, when we played Bracknell, we like to actually be there and experience one of those FA Cup, you know, non-league versus, you know, David versus Goliath. This is a very different one because we're at Portland Road this time around. Um, yeah, 5 5 p.m. kickoff. We already talked about it already. That is ridiculous. That's when you should be having your roast dinner and chilling at home and with the family. But uh, it is what it is. Um, for the overseas fans, they can watch it. Buxton versus Town in the second round of the FA Cup. But it's not opportunity, boys. Third round, draw, time, hopefully. Um, we haven't been able to do that in League One, have we? You know, this is our fourth time we've entered in the first round. We've got through to the second round. This is the best opportunity. But uh, yeah, Buxton, going to be a great doubt for them. I'm sure they'll, they'll remember that. Loads of those players playing at Portland Road probably for the first time. Um, so yeah, should be a, a good day overall. Mike, you pulled a face when Ross suggested that five o'clock on a Sunday is roast dinner time. Well, yeah, I mean, who has a roast dinner at five o'clock on a Sunday? I mean, don't get me wrong, either. Well, you have it, you have it in the pub at one o'clock on a Sunday, surely, or two o'clock. I mean, you might stretch to four o'clock if you're, but you start to get to five o'clock. I mean, that's really when your your, your fondant fancies come out, isn't it? I mean, quite frankly, I mean, for me, it is anyway. I mean, you know, and and a and a, and a little a little, little cake stand with a, with a pot of English girl grey. I mean, that's that's Sunday sort of late tea. Um, you know, your, your big old Sunday lunches should already be that way. You're probably with a, few, with a few pints of old and filthy, which I know you drink, Ross. I mean, you're probably sort of half asleep come five o'clock Sunday on most Sunday afternoons. This, this is probably what's annoying you, isn't it? Let's be honest. By this time, usually on a Sunday at five, what are you doing? To be fair, because I cover the women's team, normally Sundays is my covering women's football. So, and they normally finish about half four. So that is why I'm having my roast in at five because that's when I've done all my work. Um, but yeah, if, if I've normally got a Sunday off, yeah, I'm probably asleep by five, definitely in the winter month because I want to <laughs> cuddle up 
um, and you know near the fire and watch a good movie or two. And uh, yeah, of course, I'd have probably a, a cheeky pint here and there. Ross, have you got a fire in your upstairs flat? <laughs> no. <laughs> just, TV, mate, put on a TV. Imagine you have an open fire in your flat. Oh, good grief. Yeah. Well, technically, it's called a coach house. So it is technically a house, but it's all on oh. one floor. And I've got yeah. a garage. So. What do you put yeah. in there? You don't put a car in there. No, just a uh, tumble dryer and then just boxes and, you know, yeah, just stuff. It, it was going to be a gym during lockdown. I set up as a gym. Mm. Um, and yeah, probably used it a few weeks and I just got bored. So it's just, yeah, just collecting dust now and spiders some big spiders in there boys so mm. if you're scared of spiders watch out i bet you put your, but, you bet your fo- football programs in there aren't they yeah actually to be fair from the last two seasons and as you, you, you wouldn't be surprised um i've got an adidas box basically from my adidas trainers and i've just got i've got loads just piles and piles of programs in there so if anybody wants some programs let me know because you can have them you what, do you have to bot- battle the spiders though yeah, you got an Adidas box, quote. Or you know, you know the where That's you get your shoe. You know, shoes. It's basically a yeah. shoe box, but it's of course it's Adidas, so it's branded Adidas. So, how many programs you get in there? You get a good ten, probably. <laughs> ten, <laughs> ten. <laughs> but there's loads of boxes. There's like loads. Oh, right. So you've got yeah. loads of trainers. Yeah. <laughs> There's hundreds of spider-filled boxes, each with ten programs in. Yeah. Any, anybody want them, Ross? You can just have them, Ross. Said. Yeah, yeah, you can have them. Let me know. I'll send them to you. Oh, those poor spiders—they could be moving anywhere. They've settled into yeah. your little garage, and then some bloke comes and picks them up and takes them back to Saxmundham, and you—they've had, they've had to move. Um, anyone in particular you're looking forward to seeing against Buxton, guys? Um, I had me for me. Um finally unleashed i imagine he probably probably will start this game um it's taken a long time for him to get his ipswich career going but i'm looking forward to looking forward to seeing him i agree with you andy and i think he'll i i, I like to hope he'll start to be honest i must be honest and i think he'll be bang up for it to be honest i think he'll be just the sort of player you want because he's quite a physical player isn't he he, well, he looks quite well <laughs> the little we've seen of he's he'll put himself about a little bit and i think He'll be so desperate to do well, uh, you know. That I, I hope he get, hope he's fit to, to, to start and keep given that chance. Um, yeah, I'd like to. Say, I'm looking forward to looking forward to, to him having a hopefully a full ninety. I think he deserves it if he's fit. I reckon that'll be a stretch to get a full. Nobody gets a full ninety these days, um, but it'd be a stretch to get him that. But him and Kyle Eb- Kyle Edwards will play. I imagine he was he was suspended on on Tuesday night, so he'll get a chance. And those are players that you'd think could be just could do the job for Ipswich against a non league side, shouldn't they? I think Burns might start as well, to be honest. Which I think when you start doing talking like that, Edwards Burns, you know that that, that sort of pace is going to frighten non league players. That sort of skill and pace is going to frighten non league players a bit. To be honest, I've known a bit about non league non-league players are very fit and strong and and, and pacey in, in a lot of areas but i think likes of burns and Evers should have too much for that level of defense really yeah there are others too like i imagine keo will play again which should yeah. um is the kind of figure that you want in in these mm. in these games vincent young should play again cameron burgess came off the bench on tuesday i imagine he might start um I'd hope for some more minutes for for Lee. Maybe maybe Leif Davis mm. might get a few, and they could share duties a little bit more in this one. But I'd also I'd also like to see Xander Saziba 
get mm. get us started. This, so if we're talking about Town's sort of final third being being the area they're lacking in numbers, Saziba came off the bench for for Harness against Portsmouth, and every time I've seen him, he, I've been impressed with him. He's he, his touch is good, his his movement is decent, and he looks to do something positive with the ball every time he gets it. So I, I wouldn't be wouldn't be against seeing him start for the for the senior side again. Yeah, I like to see it. I've been I've been impressed by him. As I said, I you know I've seen him play on the twenty three football, and he's always been sort of one of those standouts. And he's he's played a few yeah, Papa John's Trophy games. As you mentioned he had a good you know sixty minutes, um, you know on on Tuesday. And yeah, it'd be nice to see him in the FA Cup. You know, we we saw a few people come off the bench against Bracknell, didn't we? You know, Barge and who else? The Bababu. Oh my God, Jared oh Buebo. <laughs> <laughs> as well, he came on as well, didn't he? But um, yeah, it's an opportunity for those players. You know, so and, would you start him? Would you start him in this game? Maybe Sazibo, yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I thought, I thought, I thought Sazibo. What I liked about him most on Tuesday night is he looked physically capable. That's why he was he was getting. He got a bit of a battery. And got, he was had on the end of a few hefty old ports with challenges. Uh, he didn't bat an eyelid. Um, there's a couple of times I wish he'd shot or did something a little bit more. Just but being a young player, he's not going to do do that. He's going to try and keep the ball moving and do the right thing and keep the ball you know, on the ground and not suddenly let fly from 20 yards. But I, I was impressed with him. And I'm always impressed with players who at that age can can look physically capable of coping um, because that's very much part of the part of the battle when you're a young player. Just glancing over at my TV in here at the moment, and it, and it appears that, that Japan have come from 1-0 down to go 2-1 up against Germany. Well, what are we yeah. sitting here doing this for? Then we could be watching the football. I've just turned, I've turned mine off. Well, I, I yeah, miss, I've I kept, miss... I've kept mine on, and uh, I've been glancing at it occasionally. I missed both the Saudi Arabia goals yesterday because I was doing because I, I had to go up and get out somewhere for half an hour. I only went, only went to go and get some. I went to get, get some grapes, Ross. Went to get some grapes. It took me half an hour to get some. By the time I come back, it's two one. I was just, just it's not the same. It's only live once. Who said that? Somebody said that famously. Uh, uh, Sky Sports. Um, That's the ones, yeah. See, you, spe- you specifically left your house just for grapes. Yeah, I had some Greek yogurt in the morning and uh, I didn't have any grapes. And I like uh, red grapes, particularly red grapes on my Greek mm. yogurt. I do find that very tasty. And I was a bit disappointed. I had a little girl at the wife who just basically stuck two things up and walked out to go to work. And that has left me having to go get my own grapes. So... And when I came back, it was 2-1 to Saudi Arabia, which really did annoy me intensely because you can't, you can watch it back, but it's not the, not the same thing, Andrew, is it? And you're now yeah. telling me it's Japan 2, Germany 1, and we've missed it all because we're doing this podcast, Ross. Yeah, it's fine. It, good thing nowadays, there is so many replays and it's so, I know, I know we now know the score, so you're not going to get that surprise factor, but, you know, you know it's 2-1, but you won't know if you know what goal goes and when so when you do watch the highlights back you go oh well they're just going to score here they do and then blah, blah blah so yeah just just remember that exactly um you might catch the last five minutes if we wrap up now so should we do should we do that um now's the time to mention our our, our duo of sponsors um mike i'd like you just to talk about uh ginger pickle marketing mm-hmm. please and, and what what my what that means to you and what the sponsorship means to you um and, and your new tagline that you've come up for them as a business because we're 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 so happy to have them on board as our as our newest sponsor. Um, what does that mean to you, Mike? 
ginger pickle means a lot to me. Um, very nice, very good. Um, that's to do with SEO optimization, I believe, which, of course, one of my fortes, if you don't mind me saying. Um, Ipswich Town nil, Portsmouth 2 was in my SEO optimization in my match report yesterday. So I ginger pickle would have picked up on that and said, yes, good SEO heading, Michael. Is that not correct, Andrew? I mean, I'm, I'm talking here as I know what I'm talking about. Um, but yes, um, if you want your pickle gingered or is it ginger pickled, then use ginger pickle. I mean, they are the people for your SEO. Very important SEO optimization. So I've been told. Um, in this day and age, if you want to be top of Google, Ross, if, you have, if I Google Ross Halls, I expect to see you top with uh, with your watch with your hat, with your fist pump. And um, so, yeah, Ginger Pickle, excellent sponsors for us. Great to have them on board, Andrew. I'm just Googling Ross Halls to see what does come up. And he, you do indeed come up top, Ross, your, you your, your, your LinkedIn page and your Boom. Twitter account. So you're doing you're doing a good job. Um, some weird things come up if you google mike bacon but we'll uh, we'll move from, we'll move on from that we're also sponsored by manscape of course um who have been with us for a long time and have been looking after our lower areas for for a long time now um and they don't need any further introduction than that you know what they do um and all this to say is uh, thank you for listening i think we'll be back with a bit more of a, a conventional podcast week next week with uh, with mark and, and Stuart around a bit more as well and um Hopefully, next time we speak, Ipswich are in the hat for uh, round three of the FA Cup. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.